Zach Wilson, offensive coaching, and Jets-themed Christmas presents. We'll talk about all this and more on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangreenNation.com, thanking you for making this show your first listen each day. And today our episode is brought to you by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and the comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Today we have our weekly mailbag. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. It's no surprise, but our first question is about Zach Wilson. If Zach comes out in Miami and plays like he did on Sunday, do you think Salah would have the guts to pull him from the game? I do not. I don't think Zach Wilson is going to leave the field unless he's injured. I do not think he's going to be benched for performance reasons. And part of the reason I say that is he would have been benched on Sunday against the Saints if the Jets were going to do it because there was every reason to pull him from the game early in the third quarter. I thought that's when it should have happened. I was saying that as I was watching the game that that was the time to put Zach on the bench because the game was winnable and he obviously did not have it in that game. And even going back to week two against New England, I thought he should have been pulled after the fourth interception that came right after the second half began. I understood the idea that maybe you give him half time to regroup. But after he threw that fourth interception, I would have pulled him from that game. But the Jets aren't doing that. And I think it's pretty clear at this point the Jets view this as an opportunity to get Zach experience. They are willing to live with the growing pains. Is that the right move? I mean, listen, I th- still think you should try and win these games. You have guys out there playing for their careers. I mean, some of these guys who are on the Jets roster right now are not guaranteed to get an opportunity to go to training camp with an NFL team next year. And you know what? I know they're out of the playoff race. They were officially eliminated on Sunday in the loss to the Saints, but you're still professionals. Your job is to go out there and do your best to win the game. So I think that if Zach plays poorly, he should be on the bench. Now, should he be the starting quarterback for this team? You know, I haven't decided what I think about that yet, and maybe I'll have an answer in the next day or two as I think this through, because I could see it going either way. I do think there is something to the idea that you get him the reps now and hopefully he learns from them. Now, I go back to what I just said. Even if he does start these games, I would pull him if he goes out there and looks like he does not belong. I think part of the issue, though, is I go back to what I just said. I mean, it's kind of a balance you're trying to find between developing your players and still trying to win games. I know you're, again, I know you're out of the playoff race, but your job is to go out there and do your best to win. And beyond developing players, I mean, Zach Wilson right now looks so lost that I have to wonder how much he's really benefiting from these things right now. I mean, you reach a point where a player is so far in over his head, you wonder whether it's doing more harm than good, whether it's going to hurt his confidence, whether he's going to develop bad habits, or frankly, whether he's really learning anything, because I I really haven't seen any improvement despite Zach Wilson playing most of the season. I know he just came back, I know he missed some time, but if anything, it kind of feels like he's going backwards. So I think it's an open question how much Zach Wilson's really benefiting. Now, on the other hand, what are you getting from putting Joe Flacco in there? Nothing. What are you getting from putting Josh Johnson in there? Nothing. 
Mike White's a little bit of a different story. Now, I've heard some people with the theory that the Jets know Mike White is better and they don't want to make him make Zach Wilson look bad. I mean, I don't believe that. And I hope that's not the case. I, I don't think it's the case. I mean, how ridiculous would that be? That you're keeping a better quarterback on the bench because he might play well. Well, and part of the reason I don't believe that's the case is what sense does that make? I mean, you really have to overthink things to to come up with a solution like that. But if you don't believe in Mike White, there actually is kind of an incentive to not play Mike White if you don't believe in him. Because after the season, Mike White will be a restricted free agent, which means the Jets will have the opportunity to retain his rights. And if you don't believe in Mike White, you can trade him after the season as a restricted free agent and get something in return for him. So right now, the film is the really bad game against Buffalo, but also a really good game against Cincinnati. So if you you don't think he can play, you'll probably look to trade him in the offseason. And if you think he's going to play poorly, you don't want to put him on the field because that will hurt his trade value. Whereas right now, you have kind of like half of the, the film being very good and half of the film being very bad. You don't want to put more bad film out there. I'm just speculating, though. I, I don't really know what's gained by playing one of the quarterbacks who's not Wilson, but... I also do kind of question how much you're gaining by putting Zach out there. I, I, I'll say it again, though. Zach struggles. You got to go to the bullpen. That's my view on it. I don't think they will, though. And I think that that's a mistake. Our next question. The Jets have three coaches working with the quarterback. Kavanaugh, Calabrese, and Beck. Plus, of course, an offensive coordinator who has input. With Zach struggling, how does anybody expect him to develop with all these voices in, in his head? Isn't this coaching malpractice? Well, you know, it's funny because... The two years Adam Gase was here, Gase obviously had a lot of say over the offense, but Loggins was both the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach, and I heard a lot of people question, how can you not have a dedicated quarterback's coach for Sam Darnold? So it kind of went the other way. So I think in some ways, maybe the results are dictating the way people feel about these things. I don't think it's coaching malpractice necessarily. Kavanaugh has other responsibilities. Calabrese has to work with the other quarterbacks. LaFleur is focused on the offense as a whole. Now, John Beck, I think, is focused specifically on Zach Wilson because the Jets hired him as he was Zach Wilson's personal quarterbacks coach. Wilson worked with him one-on-one prior to the draft, and the two of them have developed a good relationship. So I would assume that Beck is really here specifically to focus on Zach is kind of like Zach's personal quarterbacks coach. And with everything that the Jets have tied up in Zach, that makes sense to just have one coach there specifically for him. It's not really the quantity of people, though. It's first of all, the quality of coaching. And second of all, that everybody's on the same page. If everybody agrees on what needs to be done, I don't think having all these coaches is really such a problem. I think it could be an issue if, say, John Beck wanted to teach him some sort of technique that the other coaches disagreed with, and he's hearing one thing from John Beck and another thing from his position coach, maybe another thing from Matt Cavan, then I could see it being an issue. But just having a lot of people in there, as long as everybody's on the same page. I mean, in the NFL, coaching staffs are getting bigger and bigger. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And again, I go back last year, everybody was complaining about the Jets not having a dedicated quarterbacks coach. They were complaining that it was just Gase and Loggins because Loggins was the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, and he did not have the time specifically to deal with Sam Darnold, and neither did Gase. Although, you know, the caliber of those coaches, maybe it's better that they didn't have the opportunity to work exclusively with Darnold. 
Now ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about Zach's confidence level. We'll also talk about potential quarterbacks the Jets could bring in to compete with him in the offseason. Of course, that offseason will begin in just a few weeks for the Jets, but there are a number of other teams that are still competing to make it to Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium, which is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB number five number six for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Again, that's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. You know, it's holiday gifting time and Stance is the coolest gift you can give, especially because they just launched a new line of active apparel. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and athletic apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in-style and self-expression, because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 15% off your first purchase at stance.com. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with Stance. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. We continue our weekly mailbag with our next question. Which veteran quarterbacks would you like to see come in next year and compete with Zach Wilson, assuming Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers stay with their current teams? That's a tough question because if you look at the list of free agent quarterbacks, there are not a lot of great options. I mean, I don't know what the Saints are going to do with Jameis Winston coming off an injury. You know, maybe he could be an option. Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty viable option if he'd be willing to come back to New York. Marcus Mariota is going to be available. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is okay. He's not really great. Andy Dalton's clearly on the downside of his career, so really not a lot of great options. I mean, I might go with Teddy Bridgewater. If not him, maybe Mariota. But I go back to, and I part of the difficulty of this is, will Denver let Teddy Bridgewater get away? Because that team's better this year with Teddy under center. And I know Teddy's not great. I know he's got a certain ceiling, but that team's better with him as quarterback. But I go back to this past offseason, and the Jets made a deal with Carolina for Sam Darnold. They got a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick in return. And then Carolina turned around and traded Bridgewater to Denver for a sixth-round pick. So Carolina showed you that Bridgewater was valued with a sixth-round pick. That's how much he was worth. So I look back on this, and a, you know, a, a sixth as part of the Darnold deal, really did not give the Jets anything. It was really the two and the four that mattered. A six is nice to have, but you're in the lottery portion of the draft there. So I look at this, I say, okay, you, you, got, a, you got a sixth round pick from Carolina. They value Teddy Bridgewater at that exact price. Why did you not just say to them, okay, instead of sending us that six, send us Teddy. I think Teddy would have been a lot better. It would have been good to have him around. And I think this was a major miscalculation by the Jets. And one of the things this taught me, 
which I did not think about going into the season, no matter how ready you think a rookie quarterback is, you really don't know, and you need to be prepared for any eventuality. And this also happened to the Jets in 2009 when they thought Mark Sanchez was a lot more pro-ready than he really was, and they went into that season really with Kellen Clemens as the only alternative. And that was a mistake. They should have gotten somebody who could have given Sanchez a viable competition in training camp and made, it, made him prove that he belonged. It's happened again. I think that this team would be better off with Zach Wilson sitting on the bench. I think that this was a major miscalculation by Joe Douglas. So I guess Teddy, if he's available, he seems like the best of all of these options, but I don't know if he's going to be. And I think Joe Douglas missed a major opportunity. He was available for next to nothing this past offseason, and the Jets passed on him. Jets were not interested at all. They thought Zach Wilson was ready to be the day one starting quarterback, and they were wrong. Next question. I preferred Fields in the draft partially due to his success in the spotlight. Fields played in big games for a big program and had success in the spotlight. Zach has come to the toughest media market to resurrect a struggling franchise. He seems like a nice, small-town kid, and I feared the pressure of New York would get to him. Ultimately, my question is, do you think the pressure of playing in New York has gotten to Zach? Well, it's a tough question to answer. And, you know, you have to remember, the, Jet the Jets have drafted two quarterbacks from Southern California who were playing in the Los Angeles media market who have failed here. And in both cases, I think it got to a point where both of them may have been a little bit overwhelmed by the New York media. So it's not always about where you played in college. I don't know the extent to which Zach Wilson's struggles are about New York. What I would say is this. You hear a lot from the Jets about how nothing phases him, how he can shake off failure, how he'll bounce back from adversity. I got to say, we haven't seen that. And I don't know whether he's putting pressure on himself because he's feeling it from the media, because it's New York, because it's this fan base. But it, it certainly seems like this failure is getting to him. You know, you're not seeing him shake things off easily. You're seeing him kind of press a little bit. And as the season's gone on, things have gotten a little bit worse. And one of the things that's alarming, we just talked in the last segment about the Jets bringing in John Beck, his personal quarterbacks coach. This is one of the things that kind of bugs me about Zach. Not that they brought in his coach. I thought it made a lot of sense to bring in John Beck. But since they've brought in his personal coach, a guy who works with him one-on-one -on -one in the offseason, nothing has gotten better. If anything, it's gotten a little bit worse. And you would think that bringing in a familiar voice, a guy he's worked with, a guy who helped him improve. I mean, there have been plenty of media articles about John Beck and Zach working together prior to Zach's big final season at, U at BYU. You haven't seen any progress from Zach Wilson. Mechanically, he's no better. I mean, he's constantly missing on the short passes. And it's, it definitely seems like the pressure is getting to him. And I don't know whether, again, I don't know whether that's because the media... And listen, it can be tough to play in New York. I think we all know that. If you've ever listened to me interview somebody who plays here now, or especially former players, because former players can be a little bit more honest. It doesn't really impact them anymore. I can tell you, it's a tough spot. I mean, you go to some of these smaller markets, you may only have a couple of beat writers, whereas in New York, you have so many different media outlets covering you. You have to answer the same questions over and over. And the fans are a little bit less patient here. So, I, I mean, I don't know the extent to which Zach is hearing those things, but what I would say is it seems like he's not really shaking off his struggles to the extent the Jets have told us he would. It seems like it's getting to him a little bit. At least that's my perception. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we will talk about Jets-themed Christmas presents. And in addition to that great Jets jersey you're looking at, 
Grab the protein bar this holiday season that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. It's Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, and there are so many delicious flavors, whether you're talking raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. And if you're friends with Santa, tell him to throw a few Built Bars into those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. And because it's the season of love and peace, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavors at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. In fact, you're probably better talking politics than you are talking about favorite Built Bar flavors. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T dot com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Mailbag Wednesday. Our next question. John, what has gone right in 2021? What have been your pleasant surprises? Are there any specific players that maybe changed your perception of them, either from the prior year or from college? There are a couple, and thank you for the question. I like getting a positive question in this difficult season for the Jets. I'd say from last year, the guy would have to be George Fant. I thought George Fant had a bad season last year. I thought he was a disappointment. It seemed like after the signing of Morgan Moses, he was destined for the bench, and he got the start week one against Carolina and was awful. He may have been the worst Jet on the field in that game, and even worse, Mekhi Becton got hurt. So Fant had to move to left tackle, and I think most of us were saying, oh man, this is going to be bad. But he's gone there and done a really good job. He's really stabilized the position. He was always a candidate to be a late bloomer because he's kind of late to the game of football. He changed the offensive line very late. So to the extent there's a guy who could develop in his late 20s, it was Fant because he was still kind of learning the game, still kind of learning the position. I did not have a lot of faith things would click. I thought last year after it really did not go very well that it was time to give up on him. He's proven me wrong, and I think he should be back next year. I think he's well worth the money, really good insurance policy, and I mean, I don't know anybody's really saved the Jets' season this year, but George Fans played very well. I've been very pleased with him. As far as rookies go, I mean, I think I'd go with both Michael Carters because when you get to the the fourth and fifth rounds, when you get to to day three, I never expect those guys to contribute right off the bat. Now, maybe the first Michael Carter, the running back, I thought he was kind of a steal, and the Jets didn't really have anything at the running back position. So, I mean, maybe I was expecting a little bit out of him, but you you look at this, it's unfortunate Zach Wilson's not playing very well because the rest of the draft looks great for the Jets. I mean, you've got Elijah Moore looking good. Elijah Vera Tucker has been a little up and down lately, but looks like he's going to be a quality guard. Both Michael Carters, I mean, you get a draft with four starters, not to mention four day one starters. That's phenomenal. That's a great draft. It's unfortunate Zach Wilson's not playing that well, but the rest of the draft class looks great. This looks like a home run draft class in 2021. And then one final player I'll mention, a guy who I kind of was down on early in the season, but who's really kind of come on of late, even though he missed last weekend's game, is Tevin Coleman. I mean, early in the season, I thought he was just finished. I did not think he had anything left in the tank. And even a few weeks ago, I was saying I did not think he had a lot of speed left. He's kind of proving me wrong. Now, I don't think he has the same game-breaking speed that he had in Atlanta, but I still think he's got a little bit left in those legs, and he's producing, he's tough, he's crafty. I like Tevin Coleman. Suddenly, I think Tevin Coleman's a good rotational back with Michael Carter. 
And I'm thinking, you know, maybe we bring Tevin Coleman back next season, depending on what happens these last few weeks of the of the 2021 season. So those are some players for me who have been pl- pretty pleasant surprises. Our next question, and this is an interesting one. Is there any member presently on the New York Jets that you would drop dollars for and buy a jersey of this year? And this led me to go to the Jets' official website and their team shop because I wanted to see who's available. And in general, my answer is I don't like the idea of buying jerseys for current players. I am always a little hesitant about that because the guy whose jersey you buy could end up being a bust. He could end up being traded tomorrow. Maybe the Jets trade their uniform. In fact, back when I was a kid, the first Jets jersey I ever got came on Christmas. It was a Keyshawn Johnson jersey. And this was not the year Keyshawn got traded, but a few days later, the Jets changed their uniform. So the jersey that I got, the Keyshawn jersey, ended up being kind of dated by the time I got to wear it. So I always like going for guys who are a little bit more timeless. And you look at the Jets' official website and you see, okay, you got Joe Namath, you got Joe Klecko, you've got Curtis Martin. There are lots of good historical Jets here you could buy a jersey for. You look at the current team. All right, you got a few guys. Zach Wilson may be struggling, but he's still the young franchise quarterback. You got Elijah Moore. You got an up-and-comer in John Franklin Myers. And there are some viable options here. You know, Jamison Crowder has been a solid player for the Jets. I know C.J. Mosley has been a bit of a disappointment, but he's still okay. You got Corey Davis, again, another guy who's been a bit of a disappointment. You, you know, you could live with that. Marcus May, a good career for the Jets. Braxton Berrios, kind of an underdog guy. But then you get deeper into this list, and you wonder what the Jets are thinking here. One nineteen ninety nine buys you a Dan Feeney jersey. I mean, can you imagine being the person who's told put this up on the website? You're probably like doing a double take. You're going to like ask your boss, "Are you you sure about this? One hundred twenty dollars for a Dan Feeney jersey, a Vinnie Curry jersey, also one nineteen ninety nine. One hundred twenty dollars for a Vinnie Curry jersey. I mean." You put that Vinnie Curry jersey on, you've worn it more times than Vinnie Curry has. And not only that, the Vinnie Curry jersey, they have this listing almost gone. So these things are flying off the shelves. The Jets want you to believe the Vinnie Curry jerseys are flying off the shelves. Oh, you know, don't worry. We have plenty of Curtis Martin jerseys in stock. Don't worry, we have plenty of Joe Namath green jerseys in stock. But the Vinnie Curry jerseys, they're running out soon. And so are the Jonathan Marshall $120 jerseys. The Michael Pirine, though, we got plenty of those in stock. Matt Amendola, $120 for a Matt Amendola. One, I'm sorry, $119.99. A Matt Amendola jersey. Not even the kicker anymore. Jabari Zaniga, another one almost gone. Another one that's apparently flying off the shelves. Jabari Zaniga, $119.99. I mean, imagine this. Imagine, like, going to your holiday party. You're in charge of the raffle. And you, you decide that the grand prize is going to be a Jabari Zaniga jersey. I mean, second prize is probably two Jabari Zaniga jerseys. How about a Joe Flacco 19 jersey? I mean, that's really for the man who has everything. Because you would not buy a Joe Flacco Jets number 19 jersey unless you literally wanted everything. That's the only reason anybody would ever want the Joe Flacco 19 jersey. I mean... Imagine Christmas morning, like somebody wearing their Joe Flacco number five jersey that they got last year, opening the Joe Flacco number 19 jersey. Nathan Shepard won 19.99, another one that's almost gone because there's so much demand, apparently. 
I mean, uh, to make that one authentic, I guess when mom and dad are bringing out the Christmas dinner, you know, they're making you the plate, they're bringing it from the kitchen to the dining room, you'd have to, like, accidentally jump out of your chair early and knock the plate on the floor and break the fine china. I mean, that's that would be the authentic use of the Nathan Shepard jersey. I mean, this is the New York Jets official website. It's a scam website. I mean, I'm worried at this point. I'm looking at what they're selling. These jerseys that they're selling for, like, $120... I'm worried that the Federal Trade Commission is going to raid the offices in Florham Park, start pulling hard drives, and NewYorkJets.com is going to be taken offline because it's a scam website because they're selling these ridiculous jerseys. I mean, I actually am, like, contemplating reaching out to the Jets, asking them what they're thinking with these jerseys they're trying to sell. This is just, like, a monument to corporate greed. Uh, This is a Netflix documentary waiting to happen. It's going to be an episode of uh, American Greed on CNBC. This is unbelievable. Like, how did they do this? I, I seriously am all, almost thinking about reaching out to the Jets. I don't reach out to them that often. I know some people who work for them. Asking them, how can you possibly sell these jerseys for $120? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Don't buy any of those jerseys. You want to buy Namath or you want to buy Curtis Martin? Feel free. Do not buy Joe Flacco, number 19. And I know somebody now is going to buy me like a Michael P. Ryan jersey or Jabari Zaniga or a Flacco 19 as a joke. I don't even know what to say on this. Do not buy me a Flacco 19, please. I'm begging you. That's all for our show today, in part because I need some time to regroup after seeing what's being sold on the official Jets website. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. And thank you once again for making Locked On Jets your first listen every single day. For your second listen, tune into Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.